0: Welcome to the 22nd episode of the Head to Head Podcast. I'm Cam McKinney and this edition of the podcast, I'm going to be talking about what MVP in sports means to me. Just last week, Mookie Betts won the MVP in baseball. Last year in basketball, you had, um, you of course had James Harden winning MVP. Last year in football, you had Tom Brady winning MVP. I just want to talk about where I'm at with the MVP award overall in sports, because I really feel like the definition of value is really muttering to me what an MVP is. I don't really know what an MVP is based on what the writers are doing, based on what every other sport is doing. We don't seem to have a real definition of what a sports MVP is. I want to talk about this with basketball first. Because in basketball last year, you had James Harden winning MVP. Because it felt like it was his time to win MVP. He was runner-up a few years in a row. And it seems like basketball has fallen in love with the up-and-coming guys winning this award. You had Russell Westbrook win it. Then before that, you had the Steph Curry two years in a row. It really feels like we, we kind of left. We're not going to give MVPs to guys who have won it multiple times. LeBron has four. LeBron should probably have more than four. People would say maybe the year Derrick Rose won it, it should have been LeBron. But basketball feels like a sport where there could have been a couple guys who win way more than the number of MVPs they got. Jordan won six. That seems like a good number. But were there years where Jordan was just, I don't know, at the end, they seemed like they were just done giving Michael Jordan MVPs. Baseball didn't have that problem with Bonds. They gave him seven but with basketball, it feels like this new thing where the, the writers want to discover guys. That's why this year it feels like Giannis Antetokounmpo is probably going to win an MVP. Or Anthony Davis is going to win an MVP. Just because of the mere fact that they haven't won the award before. And I don't think that that should give you a leg up to somebody who has won it before. It feels like the MVP in basketball is sort of like what the, um, what the Oscars are in the movies. Like they want to pick actors who haven't won the Oscar before and then give these surprise performances and come out of nowhere. It feels like basketball wants to discover the best pl- but but this is the problem with the award is it valuable or is it best? Because if it's valuable, yes, Giannis is of course very valuable to the Bucks and Anthony Davis is of course very valuable to the Pelicans, but why wasn't LeBron the most valuable to Cleveland? Because if you're going off that definition of value, LeBron goes to Cleveland, they go to four straight NBA Finals. LeBron leaves Cleveland again. They are in last place. They are having so much trouble with that organization as a whole. Wow, that's the value. He's not only the best player, but by definition, he is the most valuable because they can see how valuable he was to that organization, to that city. So that's where it feels like LeBron, during those four years with Cleveland, should have won one or two or maybe even three MVPs. I I guess my mind starts to get warped and like this. They use the term valuable. And I feel like in most sports they have to lose that word valuable. Because it feels like we're not giving it to the most valuable player. Let's look at Mookie Betts with the Red Sox. Mookie Betts was on the Red Sox last year. So we kind of know what his value was. J.D. Martinez comes to the Red Sox. Changes the course of the franchise. And they win a World Series. To me... There is concrete value in what J.D. Martinez just did for the Red Sox. Without J.D. Martinez, this exact same team last year wasn't the same. With J.D. Martinez, they win a World Series. So before they lose in the first round, after they win a World Series. Before they won 95 games, after they win 108 games in the regular season. I mean, I mean, that's pure value. That, by definition, is a value. And J.D. Martinez was not even a top three finalist for the award. It feels like for me that baseball is just giving it to the guy who's having the overall best season and that's based on numbers like war. I don't want to get into war because what is it good for? I don't want to get into those type of numbers but I do want to talk about like baseball doesn't seem to care about the actual word valuable whereas it seems like basketball wants to name the next up-and-coming star. It doesn't seem like either sport is caring about that word valuable. In the word, the, the, the word is called the most valuable player. So to me, that means if that player left that franchise, what kind of state would that franchise be in? Now, another reason why I find this stupid is because all teams, mostly all teams in sports, has one great player. In basketball, there are superstars on numerous teams, where if that superstar leaves... And that team turns around. So that's why I wouldn't even want to use the word valuable in the first place. But because we are using the word valuable. J.D. Martinez's value to the Red Sox is concrete. And I know that the awards happen after the regular season. And they don't include the postseason. And J.D. Martinez didn't even have the best postseason ever. But he did have the best regular season of a Red Sox player. And he, his value is concrete. We knew what Mookie Betts was. Mookie Betts. The two years he finished in the top two of MVPs, he had guys who probably were more valuable for the Red Sox than he was. David Ortiz, his final year, Mookie Betts was great. David Ortiz leaves, Mookie Betts struggles, get another big bat like J.D. Martinez, and now all of a sudden I'm back to thinking that Mookie Betts is extremely valuable. By the way, this is not a diss on Mookie Betts. The Red Sox should definitely pay Mookie Betts. But Mookie Betts alone clearly isn't that valuable. He needs a number two or he needs to be... I don't know if Mookie Betts is Batman or if he's Robin. But to me, he's probably Robin. Because JD Martinez was Batman and Mookie Betts is Robin. So Mookie Betts' value as your sole superstar player without any protection in the lineup, he's not that valuable. I don't think... He's still a really good player last year without JD Martinez. But then you bring in a big bopper... And all of a sudden, he's having one of the best seasons ever. Now, Mookie Betts was, w- had so many great moments that I think that really helped him. There was a lot of... There was a grand slam. There was a hit for the cycle, I believe. He was a monster last season. A pure monster in the sport of baseball. But I'm not really sure about how valuable he is as a player to the Red Sox. Now, he, he's a clearly a top two player on the team. But for me, Jamie Martinez was... He has concrete value if you use the word value you will see what I'm talking about because when when Mookie Betts doesn't have protection he's not the same guy or when he doesn't have that big bopper in the lineup it doesn't seem like he's the same guy so that's why I have like this this image of Mookie Betts where he needs someone and I don't have that image with J.D. Martinez so I know what the Red Sox are without J.D. Martinez and they're not that great I know what the Red Sox are with Mookie Betts when he's just the guy, and it wasn't that great. So to me, if I'm going by that word valuable, I'm going to give it to J.D. Martinez. If I'm going by best player award, Mookie Betts might be in the running more so than J.D. Martinez. But I know J.D. Martinez is out. And by the way, even if I'm going by best player, J.D. Martinez should have been a top Free finals. He was my MVP last year. He was the most surprising thing. I had no idea that J.D. Martinez was that good. Because I never watched him on a regular basis. I only seen him. I thought he was a flash in the pan with Arizona. I thought that was the ballpark. He had a monster second half for the Diamondbacks, But I saw him first glance with the Red Sox. And he is a fantastic baseball player. Better defensively than he's given credit for. He should have been a top three finalist. And he probably should have been. MVP. By definition, he was the most valuable player. The MVP discussion for me in football seems to me the most boring because it seems to be it's got to be a quarterback, and he's got to have a fantastic season. He's got to have the best completion percentage. He's got to have the best touchdowns. We are looking at merely the numbers. Yes, Tom Brady was the most valuable player in football last year, but it's a boring thing to look at and just go, oh, there's only these 30 guys who are we're even going to consider for MVP, and there's really only three of them that are great every season. I mean, this year you have Drew Brees, you have Patrick Mahomes, and that's about it. Those two are dominating the MVP discussion. I don't think there's going to be many others who enter that discussion. It seems to be this is the year that we're finally going to give Drew Brees the MVP discussion. But how boring of a conversation. We're not really talking about Gurley. We're not really talking about defensive players. It's solely about the quarterback. The sport is dominated by the quarterback. It's dominated by the Aaron Rodgers, the Don Bradys, and Aaron Rodgers really isn't even in that discussion right now because the Packers are miserable. But if they get back in the hunt, he could get back in the hunt because he's great and we're going to give it to a quarterback. There's something so dumb about a sport that's like, the MVP can only be this one position. I know how valuable the quarterback is, but it seems to me, that we should just change the award to football at the best quarterback. Because that's, that's what we're doing. We're just picking guys like Matt Ryan who have the best year because he had the best stats. I didn't think Matt Ryan was the best player in football. There are a lot of these quarterbacks who are winning the awards who are not the best player in all of football, but we're giving to them because they're the quarterback and they're valuable just based on how valuable the position is in football. That would be like if basketball, it's always the point guard or it's always a center fielder in baseball. It's like, it's so stupid and watered down when the only candidates are these three or four guys for this one position. But because of how dominant this position is in it, in football I mean I I would really change the award to the best quarterback in football so we don't have to act like we're even looking at the other position because it's basically like oh Tom Brady's completion percentage was 70 percent he threw 35 touchdowns he had the least amount of interceptions he's our MVP this year with Patrick Mahomes it's like he's a rookie he's he had like what, 15 touchdowns in his first three games? He's in that MVP hunt. It's merely looking at the numbers, and when you don't even really have to watch the games to know who are the MVP candidates, because we all know those three or four great quarterbacks where Andrew Luck's in the discussion, Russell Wilson was in the discussion last year. These are all big names. It feels like in the other sports, there can be these guys who come out of nowhere, like Christian Yelich in baseball, and he can surprise you throughout the season, and he can have a second-half surge to win an MVP. And the last thing you would have thought at the beginning of last season in the Major League Baseball was that Christian Yelich would win a National League MVP. You don't have that excitement in football because going in through the year, you know who's a great quarterback and you know who's not. You know Andy Dalton is never going to win an MVP because you know he doesn't match up with those other five or six great quarterbacks. I wouldn't be shocked if Andrew Luck won an MVP. He's a great quarterback. But because I know he's a great quarterback, it leads all the excitement of the awards. Basketball, you have a few surprise guys Who come in? Victor Oladipo last season was fantastic. He could be an MVP candidate moving forward. I didn't know how good Victor Oladipo is. With most of these quarterbacks, you know how good they are, you know who's going to be in that MVP hunt, and you know how it's probably going to end with a quarterback taking home the award. I think the biggest debate when it comes to the MVPs is do you have to be on a great team to win MVP? Or are you just the best player? Like baseball, Mike Trout was on some not-so-good teams, and he won MVPs. Alex Rodriguez had his best years with the Texas Rangers, and he was the MVP. 2007, Yankees. That was like the first year I started to watch baseball. Alex Rodriguez had 54 home runs, drove in 130, led the Yankees to the playoffs. They weren't the best. You never thought they were going to win a World Series. I didn't think they were a great team. They were barely a playoff team. They were a wild card team that year, I believe. Yes, the Red Sox won the division. So we, Alex Rodriguez had such a great season that they gave him the MVP. I get that that works because he made it to the postseason, but that's why I really feel like in baseball, if you put up these gigantic numbers, you're going to win MVP because Giancarlo Sam, for instance, was on a Marlins team that was never in the playoff on Nobody ever thought they were going to win. The division or a wild card spot, and he hit 59 home runs, and he was MVP because you don't see those guys very often. Baseball awards the stats; it seems more so than the other sports. Like in the NBA, a 30-point score on a bad team. Isn't going to win MVP. He's just not. Because in, in the NBA, they don't award the stat stuffers. Because in the NBA, you can really stuck your stats on a bad team. In baseball, I feel like there's this real, oh, he's really great. We're going to reward this because it's really hard to have 59 home runs. You can't. There's no I know there's there's there is garbage time in, in baseball, but there's not garbage time like there is in basketball. Pitchers are still going to try to get these guys out. There are times when you're on a bad team and these, these games don't matter where you can just go for 40 because nobody else wants to shoot the ball. I feel like in baseball you can't control that as much. Dracula Stanton had an all-time great season. He was the best player. But what was his real value to the Marlins? They've traded all those guys away now, and they're still as bad as they were when those guys were there. What was Marcelo Zuna's value to the Marlins? Christian Yelich, who won the MVP in the National League this year, what was his value to the Marlins? He has value to the Brewers now, but what was his real value to the Marlins? This is why you can get trapped in this discussion of value versus best, and I prefer to go with best over valuable because there's no metric. There is no metric other than watching the games, that show you somebody's value to the team. Again, because I watch the Red Sox every single year, I can see when Mookie Betts wasn't with one of those big boppers, that he wasn't as valuable. So I know that to me, he's not more valuable to J.D. Martinez because I've seen them both. I've seen them both together and I've seen them both alone, and I think J.D. Martinez brings more value to the Red Sox. If the Red Sox lost J.D. Martinez for the season right now, I don't think Mookie Betts would have the same season he just had. That's that's what I'm saying. That's his value to me is he's bringing out the performance in Mookie Betts. I don't really like talking about how J.D. Martinez is teaching all these guys to hit, because I don't really know that he's doing that. I'm not there. But I will speak on just him being there made Mookie a better player than he was the year before. And just David Ortiz being there made Mookie Betts a great player. This isn't a diss on Mookie Betts, but this is just saying that it seems like he needs another great player to be great. Xander Bogarts is another guy who I've never seen him have a year like he had last year. What's the difference? J.D. Martinez. I mean, that's value. I see those guys alone, and I've seen them with J.D., so isn't that value? This is why we can argue about value and best. By the way, once again, J.D. Martinez hits both. He is valuable, and I think he was the best. What baseball's biggest problem with MVP, and I'm going to go on a little bit of a baseball rant, baseball won't admit that they're never going to give a D.H. the MVP, just because he had the majority of his at-bats As a DH. So get rid of the position if you're never going to give it an award called MVP. If they can't be in the discussion of best player in baseball, then it shouldn't be a position at all. It should not be a position at all. David Ortiz had 54 home runs in 2006 and lost the MVP award to Justin Morneau. Who hit 35 home runs just because Justin Morneau played defense and David Ortiz didn't? In no one's world was Justin Morneau ever a better baseball player than David Ortiz. Another reason was probably because the Red Sox barely missed the playoffs in 2006, but still, are you kidding me? Justin Morneau was never as good as David Ortiz was never as good as David Ortiz. Let me repeat this one last time. Justin Morneau was never as good as David Ortiz. The last thing I want to touch about is about how basketball picks their MVPs. Because we seem to be living in a world where you can't win an MVP if you are on a superstar team. Like LeBron with Bosh and Wade. It seems like there was like, oh, they're a super team now. We're never going to give him an MVP. How valuable can he be when he he sits, they have two all-stars next to him. And now we're going through that with the Warriors where it's like Steph and KD can't win MVPs because they also have Draymond and Clay Thompson. Why all of a sudden was that the case? Like, it makes zero sense to me. Larry Bird played with Kevin McHale, Robert Parrish, and Dennis Johnson, yet he won three MVPs. Magic Johnson played with Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, James Worthy, Byron Scott, so many great players I can't even, you know, I'm not... Jamal Wilkes, How many great players did Magic Johnson play with and he won three MVPs? Why all of a sudden is it a detriment in basketball to play with other great basketball players? Oh, he gets to take nights off. So, what? All of a sudden, why why is it different for these guys than it is those guys? Like, I'm really uncomfortable with that way of thinking in basketball that it's like, oh, if Steph sits for a week, it doesn't even matter. Like, it does matter. He's, to me, the best basketball player. But I'm not going to get into that discussion. I just find it so silly that because James Harden only has Chris Paul, who we consider great, that he can win an MVP. But Steph has Katie, Clay, and Draymond, but he can't win an MVP because he's playing with so many other great players. But like I said, Magic Johnson played with great players. Larry Bird played with great players. Again, so many of the best basketball players. Bill Russell played with some of the all-time greats and won MVPs. So, why all of a sudden with this generation are we putting down great players playing together? Because he's got so many other great players on his team that you can't you can't determine someone's value now. Like, I, first of all, it, it's not really value; it's best when it comes to basketball. If Steph Curry has a great season, and it, it's 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 the best season. If he hits 400 threes again, he's going to be considered for MVP. He should be considered for MVP. You shouldn't take somebody's vote because of the team they are on. That is silly. That is nonsense. That is the biggest problem with the NBA's line of thinking right now with the MVP. LeBron can, couldn't win it with Cleveland because he had Kevin Love and he had Kyrie. I mean, what what are you guys doing? Why is that the case? You can watch the games. You can see LeBron. You can see Steph. Their value is in how they play with others. It's not about who they are playing with. You can see their value. KD should always be in the MVP conversation. And so should Steph because they are all-time great players. And just because they are playing together doesn't mean that you get an easy pass to go, oh, I don't have to worry about these guys winning MVPs. It seems like that's what the writers are doing so lazily. Is being like, oh, we don't have to think about the guys on the great teams. Let's just watch the Giannis Antetokounmpo's and Anthony Davis's of the world. Because we're not going to vote for any of those warrior guys. Heck, they've all got superstars. Fans won't want them to win MVP or whatever. I don't even know the main reason. But it's really the downfall of the NBA MVP award is that they're taking out some of the biggest names in the game because, oh, they're on superstar teams, and we don't vote for them. Oh, so you don't? But you did when it was Magic Johnson, when it was Larry Bird, when it was Bill Russell, when it was so many of these other guys who played with great players. Playing with other great players does not ruin or should not ruin your MVP chances. That's all I have to say about the MVP award. I'm not the biggest fan of MVPs, but I do have my opinions on them and how they should change. And the, the biggest reason they should change is they should take out that word valuable. And again, NBA, please vote for some of these guys on these so-called superstar teams. Because if you leave Steph and Clay out, your value as a voter, I put into question. Thanks again for listening to the Head to Head Podcast. I'm Cam McKinney. Please subscribe review, and rate on Apple Podcasts and on iTunes. Thanks again for listening. Again, there will be a weekly episode of the Head to Head Podcast, so remember to listen.